Welcome to episode 52 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me, an X-Men, the animated series weekly recap podcast. I'm JC, and this is the start of year two for us. Yeah. Wow. We've done it. Congrats, man. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> that, was, that was awkward. We, we debated if we were going to high five or dap, and I don't, I don't know what just happened, but thank God we're an audio podcast. In spirit, we did. And I'm Rod, and I experienced a Christmas miracle. My computer's back to life somehow. <laughs> we hope. Yeah. Well, it's been pretty steady since the Christmas. This literally happened. When did I text you? Like a couple days before Christmas? I think so. It's like it just turned on. It also has a new battery. It wasn't completely new, but it wasn't working with the new battery. And now it is. So, yeah. Anyway, Cyclops <laughs> is Waiting For Me is our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men, the animated series, in the original intended script order. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. That's, a, that's Put an asterisk on that for this specific episode. Building up to the release of X-Men 97 coming to Disney Plus in 2023. I, oh, yeah. I forgot to change it. It's supposed to say this year now. Oh, yeah, yeah. This year. This yeah. Year, this, year. this is 2023. <laughs> sure. Yep. Some quick reminders, we're a recap show about a series that started over 30 years ago. There will be spoilers. Normally we would say we wouldn't spoil things that come out in future episodes, but I feel like for this one, we have to a little bit and we'll get into why. We are not sponsored or affiliated with Disney, Disney Plus in any way, shape or form. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. Of course, make sure to follow us on all your favorite podcast services. Specifically, welcome to all the new TikTok followers. I think we're almost like 800 now. Really? Pretty wild, yeah. We have two TikToks that are almost at like either 35, 40,000 views. There's heated conversations going on in there. If I'm not responding, it's because I'm afraid because I don't know enough. <laughs> about I'm just gonna things. tell you what to type in <laughs> yeah. for TikTok, basically. And finally, we record these episodes in batches right now, so if we're reacting to any news about the upcoming series or the current year, we may be a few weeks behind. There was a kind of a piece of news. I'm trying to remember what it was. I don't know. I'll, if I remember by the next episode, you'll hear it. <laughs> Now on to the show. Today we're going to be talking about season four, episode 15, entitled Lotus and the Steel. It aired on February 3rd of 1996, currently sits at a 7.4 star rating on IMDb. So yeah, this was one of the latest episodes to, to air for the entire series. Yeah, so I was super convinced that I had never seen this episode before. However, I must have seen this as a kid at some point because there's one line which we'll get to that I remember so vividly. So maybe it was that I wasn't watching it regularly at that point. But maybe it was that it, when it came on, you know, because back then we, you know, it, stuff was just rolling in the background and I just noticed it and started watching it. So I remember a specific moment in it, but I don't remember this episode really. Okay. I, did, I did like Silver Samurai though. When we get to this moment, let's definitely talk about it because now I'm curious, like, what was the triggering moment yeah. for you? <laughs> All right, so starts off, this episode has no recap at the beginning of it, which I feel like would have been very useful, where Wolverine and the professor are, are having a, a pretty serious conversation, and Wolverine is saying that he's he's fearing himself and he doesn't know himself anymore. Yeah, and even though we've seen Wolverine like kind of lose his cool a few times and also have horrible things done to him, yeah, this still feels like out of nowhere. See... I, I think given the context that we're going to get into with literally like, you know, there's the Proteus flashback where he's saying, no, no, I made it through. I'm good. And then we get into the Weapon X brainwashing, which mm -hmm. at this point in script order is new footage. In actual airing order, <laughs> this had come out a, almost a year prior or so. Okay, so we haven't seen the Weapon X stuff yet. Yeah, so the, the footage of the specific Weapon X brainwashing, which includes him kissing Silver Fox and that specific attack from Sabretooth is brand new footage. That and and that's where this one is like, we always talk about script order and we said mm -hmm. there's an asterisk. This is the one time where 
some footage was aired prior in real time, but in script order was actually flopped somehow. Yeah, that's and it is not addressed in previously on X-Men, the making of the animated series. Yeah, so I, I think you agree. I think we heavily suspect that even like Eric or whoever, that that these this episode and the next one are flipped is an, like an yes. error. Yeah. even in script order, because this doesn't make sense before the next episode. Right. Or it was one of those things where the original script as written would have been accurate and we didn't have those moments in it. Mm-hmm. But because when it started airing a year prior, I think they may have like retroactively put it into that spot to match up with real time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Because I, I mean, they're so diligent on stuff. I can't, I can't believe that they would have missed something on on Eric and and Larry's side that would have gotten through. I think it was, they probably made the change because it would have felt weird to not include it based on when stuff actually aired. That's my theory on it. Because even Wolverine's behavior, once I saw the next episode, which we'll talk much more about in the next one, his character arc just like made more sense too, just the way he behaved and stuff, you know? So that, if you... If you technically want to get a better vibe, you know, you watch Weapon X Lies and Videotape before this one. Yes. It might set sit a little bit better with you tone-wise. Which is great for us to tell people when we're literally having them listen to right. this recap. <laughs> and they've already probably watched it. Yeah. So if you were confused, that's why. I guess yep. that's, the, that's the story. But see, the Proteus thing was where I was... At first, I was like, oh, okay. That right. makes sense. We're finally addressing him being turned into liquid. But then when they... He's like, no, I got past that. I'm like, then what is this about? <laughs> And then then they went through the Silver Fox stuff. It was like, wait, what? What's going on? And and you're completely (laughs) clueless on that. But then it's also like the gene. And it's like you get the flashback of him in the danger room. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, she's happy. I'm good with that as long as she's happy. Yeah. Oh, you know, something else, too. When they showed the Silver Fox Sabretooth footage, he was like, even though some of the memories weren't real, that really threw me. I was like, okay, I... I know I forget a lot of stuff, but I really... But no, but that that comes from probably the retroactive yeah. rewrites and such. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's talking about, you know, I need to, you know, learn to harness my rage and not happier. I used to be an animal when I would go berserk, but coming to the X-Men gave him a purpose. But now through what he won't admit is this series of events have kind of like made that purpose go away. Like, yeah. that was how I read it. Do you think it was all that stuff or just he needed a refresh? Like, what do you think, like, all that shit just really messed him up that much? In this order... Let's I, let's assume it's yeah. with the next episode being before this. Before this yeah, let's... With let's, the next let's, episode being before this, yeah. I thought that it was... Well, I guess a little of both. I think it was the, all the events led up to what happened in the next episode. Right. Uh, as far as internally with Wolverine. But... In the order that I watched it, which was this one first, then the next one, I think it was more what you're talking about, where it was just the culmination of things, kind of like the in the Hawkeye series in the MCU, where it's like how he lost his hearing. It was like take your pick, right? You know, it was just like a buildup of stuff. But I, I think I guess my question, without knowing context at that time, was why now? You know, about maybe I mean I guess the Proteus thing. See, if if he would have said Proteus was the final thing, then that would have made sense to me. It's like oh, all this stuff could have you know added up, but then the being turned into liquid could just like have you know, been the last straw, but he, he was right. Like, it, it's funny because I'm watching it and I'm like appreciative of Xavier's questions in that rapid fire sequence because it gives a lot of exposition for us. Uh-huh. I felt like though in pra- in like real life, it would be really bad therapy because like- To any, rapid fire on somebody? Yeah, because like any one of those conversations would have been like months of conversation at a time, you know? <laughs> He's also a psychic. Right? Yeah, it's like, you don't have to ask. <laughs> Bring it up. And, yeah. but to Logan's credit, he was pretty calm being asked a lot of, 
tough questions yeah. and like recollections and things. No. We then get a flashback that is new footage of like, you know, earlier, I'm assuming that week where mm-hmm. he had a road rage incident because <laughs> somebody like cut him off and he like literally jumps out of his Jeep and rips the dude's car door off. And he said it was a kid, so it must have been like a teenager. I'm assuming right? teenager, yeah. Or early 20s or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to remember, he's like, I think he's, he's like 90, 100 years old. <laughs> he's 95 years old at this point. So, yeah. I actually rewound and watched that again because it was pretty hilarious. I was like, you know what, though? I get I it. I feel like a lot of us would do it if we had the ability. You just have the ability. So I wouldn't go too hard on yourself on that one. Yeah, I I don't do it because I'm scared of somebody having a gun and I can't yeah. rip a door off. Same, yeah. yeah. Can't rip a door off or pick someone up with one hand. Yeah. And then throw them on the cement. But we've all thought it. Yeah. <laughs> But when that happened, Jubilee was with him. He tries to push her off and she almost ends up getting hit by like another car. And that's where he has kind of like what he feels is a breaking point of he didn't care. He said, you know, even animals care. And as somebody who literally calls himself an animal all the time, he's viewing himself as less than an animal at, the, at this point, it feels yeah, like. He doesn't have any control over himself. I think the thing that bothers him, especially because, you know, he, where, where this episode leads and stuff, it's like control is like a, is a huge virtue. Right. So he tells Xavier, he goes, you know, I need to get it back. I'm going to go to Japan. And to do that, I'm leaving the X-Men. And then it's like the dun, 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 just cut to commercial. Yeah. This is funny. This is something. I don't know if this happens anymore because I don't watch, you know, like samurai or kung fu movies and stuff. But especially in the 80s and 90s, there was a lot of this like lone wolf American guy goes overseas to kind of like find his peace or whatever right. you know like the last samurai last samurai like kung fu legend continues mm-hmm. like all like stuff like that so mm-hmm. it's kind of the john wayne types right right you know, they go find balance overseas but at least to wolverine's credit as a character he had been there once before it yeah, wasn't yeah. like it was you know he had a relationship we- there. yeah it wasn't like a western character just went there for the first time and yeah, discovered yeah. himself this is that part i think is a little different because it's uh, he's going out there again and in, yeah. in trying to get something back which and, is, I, I appreciate that's that is different yeah because you get the implication that he had trained there and then you see later in the episode that he speaks fluently or fairly fl- fluently way better than i could right it's <laughs> so come back from quote-unquote commercial break and he's in his room packing stuff up he sees a Nightcrawler in the mirror and then also Sabretooth in the mirror. And I think it's kind of like the balance of Wolverine. Like if you look at season four, season four is very heavily around Wolverine evolving as a character. Mm. I don't know how intentional that was, but there's a lot of really big moments for Wolverine in this season in particular. I see that. They were probably also recognizing like, hey, the kids really like this guy. Kids really <laughs> like this guy. I kind of saw the Nightcrawler Sabretooth thing as like the devil and the angel on the shoulders. Right. Well, because... Nightcrawler's like, be a better person. Right. Sabretooth's like, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've, I, I believe we've made the reference in the past. Sabretooth is just Wolverine who has one too many bad days, essentially. Yeah. He gets visited by Jubilee. Jubilee doesn't want him to leave, obviously. You know, it's that big brother, little sister relationship. And she doesn't want to lose the person who's been there for her and looking out for her and protecting yeah. her. And he says, you know, I'm not fit to be an X-Men. And that's a perspective that's hard to see when you're talking about like she's what like 15 16 so when we get to the christmas episode it actually shows that she's actually at most 14 oh shit and we'll talk about that in the christmas episode but in theory a full calendar year has not happened since she joined the x-men yeah i that was a note and so two more episodes later yeah we'll talk about that but i i was like Wait, this all took place in a year? Holy crap. I mean, we did it all in a year. Yeah, but yeah. The, it's a really the, shitty year. Right? <laughs> Have the perspective of, as a 14-year-old versus a guy who's nearly 100 years old. Yeah. Like, Because 
in her mind, this is permanent, but for Wolverine, this is literally just like a flash in history. You know, like it doesn't mean he'll never be back. He's like, right. not fit now. Now, it might also mean for him that might be 20 years from now and that won't do her any good. Right. But it could be a year from now. But but to your point, with somebody like her, anytime she has left a place, she has never gone back to it as sure, as, yeah. as a, a foster kid. Mm-hmm. So, like, if she leaves somewhere, it's not to come yeah. back. And she's lost a lot of, like, parental figures in yeah. her life. So, that's pretty rough. So, jumps over to Wolverine arriving in Japan. And this one goes out to the Marvel Animation Wiki getting credit for this. They specified that the music at that scene actually came from Samurai Pizza Cats, which was produced also by Saban. Oh, interesting. So before we were looking up, I was kind of trying to figure out like what Ron has also worked on. I didn't see his name associated to Samurai Pizza Cats, but what we've been talking about, you know, if you want to explain that part. Yeah. I, I, so I, I didn't know that before. So I got I should ask Ron sometime. Ron was basically like, I don't know if he was the only one, but he was a staff composer at Saban. So even the Lee Walls have said this on different interviews and stuff. He, he could write one song or a hundred songs a week and he was just on salary. And that's why he wasn't ever credited on that stuff on paper. Right now, if you look it up online, like you were looking at stuff on IMDb, people he's being credited with us because users are like uploading credits because the internet's finding out about stuff. And the, you know, the Lee walls and Larry Houston and stuff are coming out talking about Ron's involvement. But if you watch a video on the RKBC channel, with Ron about the Power Rangers theme song. He talks about how Saban would physically hide him in the building so that the Fox people wouldn't see him there to find out that he was writing music, which is a really weird sketch. <laughs> I, I feel like that is something that would be on like the bad seasons of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. It, but it was real. <laughs> it's weird because fortunately never had like the misfortune to work with Saban. But he, he doesn't have a lot of good stories around him. So I currently write a lot of music, also work for hire, which is pretty much what Ron did at the time. I'm not allowed to talk about it at different levels. Some of them I'm allowed to like kind of like talk casually about it and just not have paper credits on them. I'm not allowed to talk about it at all. But I've never been literally shoved into a closet or a room to hide. There's still time. <laughs> right? <laughs> we still have time. Yeah, but that's just not something that happens now. So it's just weird to like I don't know if the motivation was like pride or something for on Saban's part or whoever to not want anybody to know that someone was like, right. Anyway, so there's a heavy possibility that it was the music yeah. for Samurai Pizza Cats as well. And then it was just like kind of put in there or they were missing a piece of music. He didn't have time to do that section and they just pulled it from whoever did write this. But I also forgot about that show. I might have to look up some reruns. It's probably terrible. but I never even watched it in the first place, so I cannot weigh in on that. <laughs> but this is an X-Men show. Yeah. So when Wolverine gets to this temple, he is greeted by Master Oku and he sees that the temple is in, you know, disarray and, and sorry, not really disarray, but still under construction. Which was another confusing thing for me. I was like, did we see this get destroyed before? No, <laughs> just an old temple. Yeah. I feel like it's just maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> it, when something gets old enough and you don't have like any modern tools, I feel like you're just perpetually making a circle of stuff that you fix. And by the time you get back to it, it's already broken again. I mean, that's that's how things are now. Yeah. <laughs> True story. But yeah, one one thing, you know, Wolverine being pretty fluent in, in Japanese and stuff like that, because we hadn't really seen that from him in, in anything previous that it was like, oh, he's speaking this pretty, pretty naturally at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's fl- flung in and out of English and Japanese without too much effort. Yeah. So it shows that he's very comfortable with it. It's because he's got the Canadian school system behind him. <laughs> yeah. It's not an American education. Yeah. But Wolverine is there and, you know, he wants to kind of help find himself again. And he feels like the way that he can earn that, you know, and we've seen this with Wolverine before, like when he went up to, you know, the, the, the Northern territory, whether it was Alaska or Canada, like he helped the, the Inuit people. He was earning his keep. He doesn't want to just go there and just 
you know, be a freeloader or anything like that. Although (laughs) speaking of that thing, you could tell that the world wasn't as connected at that point because if master Oku were like in now times, he probably would have seen some article about what happened up there. He's like, you thanks, but no thanks. Come here. I, I still feel like there wouldn't have been an article about what happened up there. I just mean like, it's just funny because he has a track record of wherever he goes, like disaster happens. The modern version of this story is very different because just there would be constantly footage like Wolverine ripping the kid out of that car right. would be front page on TMZ. Yeah. So he sees a few monks who are struggling. He helps them put this pole back up. And then you go through kind of like, the classic montage of finding peace is that that's a fair way to say it yeah because master oku says that perhaps helping them rebuild will help him rebuild himself right it's kind of cliche but also true it's like taking things slowly right so you know they you go to him meditating you go to him moving rocks around you go to him drinking tea which i'm sorry tea does not relax me it just <laughs> it angers me it doesn't taste good i don't understand the tea thing you know like matcha Oh. oh, okay. Like liquid grass. No, no tea. <laughs> so I don't know if this was on purpose or maybe because it was a Korean animation team or the Lee Walls did have this foresight. It felt like they did a good job representing that that whole sequence was balanced because he was working. He was like putting up pillars, but then he was meditating the next one. And then he was like chopping blocks or something. And then he was drinking tea. So it was like, because everything about like a lot of Japanese, Korean, Chinese culture is about balance of things and stuff. So that it felt like they did a good job of like showing that that was his day. Right. Also, it was wild. I thought that was a montage of a week. Until they're like, well, today was great. It's like, wait, that was one day. That was one day. <laughs> he went to work hard yeah. that day. So whether or not that was a day or a couple of days, yeah, yeah. who knows? But you know, they they're told, you know, today was great. Uh, the villagers have prepared a feast, and that would be insulted if he didn't join. Oh yeah, because he's like, I'm not tired. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but not all of us can heal instantly. So yeah. <laughs> and he gets down there to the city, and you know, gets kind of a not friendly response, and he's like. You know, what, did I step on a duck? That's the moment I remembered I watched this episode. Okay. (laughs) So is it because of the fact that Wolverine, for some reason, doesn't like ducks, as we've established from the... uh, I forgot about that. So it's definitely not from the Sauron episode. No. It's just it was so out of nowhere. So on IMDb, there is an attribution to that line being a reference to Caddyshack and Rodney Dangerfield. Because there's something where he's telling a story at a at a fancy table, uh-huh. and it's he farts, and then he goes, "What did somebody step on a duck?" I don't know. Why I didn't connect that. Because I didn't either because I haven't watched Caddyshack in forever. So, but I did have a friend in high school that used to always say like someone stepped on a duck anytime they farted. I mm-hmm. totally forgot that that was a reference, but I remembered it because like my brother really loved Wolverine. Like I thought Wolverine was cool, but I didn't really like that wasn't a fanboy. But when he said that, I remember my brother like wouldn't stop saying that for like a week. Mm-hmm. Like it's like somebody stepped on a duck. Got it. So that's the line that that. So okay. So now can't... now in context that makes sense though. He's like, why does everybody have a weird stink face? Did someone fart. Like okay. Right. That's basically. What... I was I was mostly just like is before I I found that that trivia reference to it because I and I also not always but sometimes I will follow up on it like I did with the Marlon Brando thing. Yeah. That line is a line from Caddyshack. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> It's not a one-to-one, but it's it's like, yeah, it's okay. Reference, yeah. yeah, which is appropriate for somebody making a stink face at Wolverine. Yeah. So he meets a local girl named Kisara, mm-hmm. who, as far as I had seen, hadn't been in anything else that, that we had known, at least. Yeah, so Oku introduced Wolverine to a guy named Yoshida, mm-hmm. a village elder. And then I thought the implication was that Kisara was Yoshida's daughter or something, but maybe it wasn't, because they never actually said anything. She might have at, just been some girl that was at, there. First, I could see that because usually that's how 
standard storytelling is is yeah. like village elder introduces to young girl young girl is daughter yeah, so i think maybe it was just like one of those things that we interpreted because i had i had a similar yeah. feeling but then it was like oh then they never reference it in any way yeah. so it was just like i don't even think we've seen him again really in a prominent way there's a little later there's like yeah. some like yelling thing or yeah, something like the, that the, yeah. he's never like part of the story no <laughs> no but he got named yeah. At that time, her brother Siochi shows up, pops in on a motorcycle, and Wolverine makes. Speaking make, of. Yeah, the one time I'm going to tell you to not remove the audio from the motorcycle <laughs> and that's going what it by. sounded like. And makes, you know, the very 90s Evil Knievel reference. Yeah. Which. I don't know if kids today would know that. I don't. I, I think it's far enough out that unless you have somebody who watched a lot of old TV, I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to know who Evil Knievel is. It's like, that was along the lines of the Monster Truck rallies, right? You should make that our TikTok clip for this episode oh, to see if yes. people on TikTok know who Evil Knievel is. Yeah. If you say yes, please put your age. Yes, please. Or like maybe the era that you went to like, you were like in grade school and high school or something. <laughs> and the, the elder, you know, gives him a little bit of a tough time. He's like, whoa, you weren't fishing with the rest of the village. And he goes, no, I was training. You know, we have to stand up for ourselves. And we find out that they're basically victims of a protection racket at this point. And Wolverine starts to intervene when uh, fight back. yeah when Siochi gets in the face of the elder and he's like what this doesn't involve you and Wolverine's like you're right this isn't my yeah. town I should shut up well yeah he, he also he specified like you haven't earned my respect that's part of the two, thing too is like yeah, he'd only been there for like a day and mm-hmm. helped with the temple for it even thing. even if it was a time frame of a yeah. week or something like that it's like he still hadn't earned it yeah, essentially yeah, like there's like a hierarchy and it's funny so it means that this kid has some respect for like the tradition and the elders right he just doesn't have respect for like the stand down part of for the protection thing. Yeah, there's like this uns- maybe it's not, maybe it is spoken, but as for for us, it's unspoken like hierarchy of like elders, you the you know blah blah. So even though this Wolverine's older than him, he hasn't like worked his way up the the ranks. You know? Well, and that's that's way more prominent in Eastern culture than in Western yeah, culture. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean. You, you can't go online without like or Facebook with people saying, oh, these kids don't respect their elders anymore. <laughs> Whereas, you know, at least from from what I've seen on, in my travels and, and such, that is still maintained in a stronger way in Eastern cultures. Yeah, yeah. The end of Wolverine's like, yeah, you're right. Nope. <laughs> and then Yochi just decides, no, I'm, I'm going to mock Wolverine for it, too, because Wolverine just kind of walks off. Yeah. Get a quick flashback to New York where Jubilee is getting into the mini jet, which I feel like she's been begging for this entire series up until this point. And I think this is the first time she does it, right? As far as I remember, because my note was that she just stole a jet and then left a note for Professor Xavier. Yeah. It's funny that she followed, She didn't follow the rule of like not stealing jets, but she did follow the rule of leaving a note because there was that thing a couple seasons back. Oh, when Wolverine... Note. Yeah, Wolverine had the crumpled <laughs> note. <laughs> yeah. like, why didn't you leave a note? I okay, did. I did leave a note this time. Back to Japan, Wolverine goes off to cut some wood. Here's the one thing about Wolverine that I always find interesting. Depending on the artist or the need, his claws change. What do you mean, like size or? Shape. Like oh, sometimes okay. they're like very pointy uh-huh. and sometimes they are like blades. Oh, yeah, yeah. And And this is one of the ones where if it was pointy, you wouldn't be able to cut sideways through something. Yeah. But I mean... It's it's whatever works for the story and stuff like that, but it's it's one thing that here is prominent to me because I've seen the ones where it literally just looks like a pencil, essentially coming out. Oh yeah, well the, the like bone claw, like that's probably more realistic because it'd be like a bone, and then when they put metal in it, it would be the same shape. Right. They have like literal like razor blades is like not natural, like right. Like a artificial. Yes, the natural claws <laughs> that come out of a human right. arm. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah. But it, it, I don't know why. For some reason here, especially because of the way that it's drawn, uh-huh. that stood out to me. Yeah, no. I guess the maybe the the suspension of disbelief is like well it's animanium, so it'll just like bash through it or something. Yeah, right? it's like, <laughs> but it's because it always looks like it has rounded edges, so I don't yeah. know how you're. It's like a clean cut. Yeah, like I'm like <laughs> all right, but that's a larger Wolverine thing mm-hmm. from the comics that's not specific to the show. But Silver Samurai appears and he teleports in. Did you know that was a power of his, Rod? I didn't know if he had more powers of it than that because I knew Silver Samurai from the action figure and then Children of the Atom, the video game. Mm-hmm. So I knew he could teleport in the video game and I didn't know what he did besides that or if that's his only thing. So in the comics, it's a ring that allows him to teleport actually. Oh, okay. So he's not really a mutant then? It's not specified that if he's a mutant or not at all. Okay, so he's kind of probably more like a juggernaut thing. He has a, a thing. He has a thing, yeah. He does it. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's do a quick look. <laughs> I don't believe... I like this style. He, he, he kind of did it in the show, but it did a lot more in Children of the Atom where he kind of like blips like a tube television thing. Yep. Like, is Silver Samurai a mutant? A Japanese mutant who uses his power to charge his katana and wears a samurai style armor made of silvery metal. So he is. So it was like the ring and the katana, like a thing that like a conduit or something of his powers, I guess. Like a way to. Yeah. As a focus. Yeah, maybe like Cyclops' visors. Like he can right. shoot it, makes it like controllable. But also is the half-brother of Mariko Yoshida. She was actually in the Wolverine. Oh, wait. Is, oh, wait. Yeah, the girl from the second movie. I only remember Deathstrike in those movies. I can't remember the other girl. I lost track of those movies because they were so bad. But also the cousin of Sunfire. Oh. <laughs> they made all the Asian people related. There's <laughs> <laughs> one family tree in Marvel from the 70s. That tracks. But I... I I, and I wasn't sure before if Silver Samurai was a villain, just because, like I said, I only knew him an action figure in the video game. Right. So I, I, I figured like he was probably probably like an anti-hero at best. Yeah, he's pretty I, much a villain. I didn't think he was a hero. Yeah. Mean, so. But he notices Wolverine is there, and he asks him what he's doing there, and basically says, mind your own business. And then Wolverine gives the most non-Wolverine <laughs> response ever of like, yep, that's pretty much what I had in mind. I guess that is the lesson he's supposed to be learning while he's there. Of don't get involved in other yeah. people's shit. Yeah, well, like, and also just like not stir the pot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think Silver Samurai is kind of like caught off guard that it's like, oh, I don't have to off this dude, so okay, cool, bye. And they yeah. just teleports off. It also makes me wonder if he's always just kind of surveying anyway, like just kind of watching, because he always pops up at like the perfect moment. I imagine he he has some sort of like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what we find out is this gang is arriving at the town and they're giving the reminder of, okay, cool, you're paying us in three days. So I, I he's probably doing one of those things of like, let's see if I have to add some extra intimidation before payday. And then Soichi decides to fight back and he just gets quickly dropped on his ass. Yeah. The Silver Samurai appears, he stops the gang from really doing more damage to him. And he's like, look, we're not gonna make you a martyr, but you guys have to pay in two days and double the amount that you're paying. And this is where I get, when people are paying, how does that work when it's like goods? Because they don't look like they have money. Yeah, because they keep saying that- They're fishermen. They're fishermen and they they had a bad year. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, even if it was still money- They could just start robbing houses and shit. Well, kind of, but it's not like New York where you know one set of people could like rob another or up their business or whatever like they can't create more fish in the sea to generate more income and stuff so i don't know how that's going to work also it very much makes martyrs of another village <laughs> but he's well a martyr can't a martyr has to be a person yeah well i guess i guess setting the temple on fire nobody yeah. nobody died you know, no not that but there's another thing we'll talk about later where he mm. goes in like another like little colony or village or whatever and stuff but i guess 
they didn't they didn't necessarily fight back. So I guess like the thing he didn't want to like off someone that was fighting back and make them a hero mark. Right, right. And stuff. So that makes sense. It seems like a weird business model because if you decide that they have to give you double and then they starve to death, then you don't really have much you can rob them for the next year when they're dead. <laughs> yeah. We've been trying to explain capitalism to the, the and, rich people for a long time. And crime. <laughs> yeah. JC for crime. <laughs> yeah. Is that hashtag trending yet? <laughs> it was this week when we're recording it. So luckily I have not seen alerts on that one. But instead they decide to send the temple on fire. So Wolverine is still out in the woods and he sees the smoke. Yep. And he's like, no. <laughs> not again. Which he shouldn't be surprised by now. Yeah. When he, whenever he escapes to have like a like a find himself trip, yep. Usually, whoever he goes to visit dies. <laughs> in the comics, they actually do die a lot of the time. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, but he runs in the. He knows that Oku's inside, and there's this weird red filter across the entire animation. It wasn't like, oh, this is burning, and there's like light. It's no, it was literally just a red filter on top of the entire thing. Yeah, they put like a red like light gel. On yeah, it was a red light gel on top of it. <laughs> Like yep. when all the but the spawns not paying us this week. Yeah. So he gets uh, he gets Oku out of there, and then he gets briefed as to what's happening on the beach, and uh, Kisara is is letting him know. Soichi is is looking to organize, and Wolverine doesn't want a part of it. He declines. Yeah, he's trying to stick to his guns of like I'm here, like yep. to do something different than I have. Yeah, and it's you know. He says, what would what would Oku say? And she gives the first response of, no possession is worth the risk of anybody's life. So he's like, see, see? Yeah. He thinks he like won this little argument, but then it's also like, you know, peace can't be found by avoiding conflict, but by being, you know, essentially true to one's nature. Yeah. And he's like, but I don't know what my nature <laughs> is. He's still like sad sack Wolverine. Like there's a little bit of like a Willie Loman moment from him. I can kind of see that though, because especially with Wolverine's character, he's been programmed, lived several lifetimes, brainwashed, you know, severe trauma multiple times and stuff. He thinks he's a fighter, but every time he fights, someone innocent dies and stuff. So he's like really searching for his character, which is also kind of something similar to those like lone fighter goes to Asia or any, not even just that, like, like a John Wayne type. Like they never really know where they fit in the. Right. They're, they're always an outcast. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a cutaway here to Jubilee arriving. Yes. I don't know if this is what you saw, but I was like, it wasn't over the edge, but it was the only thing that was like a little bit like could have gone the wrong way where she's speaking very condescendingly to the villagers. Oh, when she's doing the speaking really, really slow. slow. Yeah, she's like, yeah. Wolverine. And I had to remember, she's also Asian. But it, it, this was one of those things that does, doesn't age well in like 90s entertainment when English speaking people speak slow to Asian people, especially because unless we're supposed to interpret that all of them were speaking Japanese and we're just understanding English, all of them speak perfect English. I never got that because <laughs> of Wolverine swapping between yeah. speaking Japanese and English. So there's not really a reason for her to be speaking like that because they all speak English perfectly fine. So I'm not justifying her <laughs> speaking slowly as not being offensive. But I don't think that this guy is from the same town. Okay, okay I get So that. that would be the only yeah. reason why that guy may not understand how she's speaking English. Yeah, that, yeah. I'm, again, not justifying yeah. it, but I do think it was a different town. And that's yeah. why the dude is like, no. Uh, yeah. Because if, to your point, if everybody from this fishing village does actually speak English, <laughs> then that guy would just be like, like, fuck you, foreign girl. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's right over here. Right. What do, you, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. But he also gives her the like, what the fuck do you want look? And there's like, yeah. shuts the door on her. So. Yeah, because some girl in like a neon rubber jacket showed up. 
He's talking real slow. Jumps over to Silver Samurai, who is giving a pep talk to his gang. And he gives the like, you know, our our whole empire is, is a bunch of links in a chain. Mm-hmm. And if we have any of them fall apart, it ruins our empire. So we need to show why it can't fall apart. You're going to break one of the links? Like, <laughs> I don't know, like forged in steel. I'm not totally yeah. sure on that one. It was like he went for a metaphor and he just stuck with it. Yeah. yeah. So this was the thing that I thought like, where, oh, he made a martyr of these people. But I guess they didn't really like fight back or rebel or something. So he was just trying to like, oh, you didn't pay? You know, that's the example part of what's going to happen to this other village. Right. So when you said that, I don't remember that being a part of it. Maybe I remember this, remembering this wrong. I think this was a different village that wasn't able to pay. I don't remember seeing that, Rod. It was a comment. It's, it's not really important to the story one way or the other, because either way, the same pep talk happened. I got that he was just giving them a rallying cry nearby. Okay. And this fishing village is the first one who's really pushing back okay. recently. So it's not that they are doing something to another village. It's just we're going to fuck this up yeah. tomorrow. It would not be off-brand of me to have misinterpreted a <laughs> story points. So. Goldfish. <laughs> yeah. Back in the village, Oichi is pushing everybody to fight back. And, you know, essentially, is, this is the one time we get the, the revisit from that elder. He's like, yeah, it's, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather die in battle than live in fear. And Wolverine still can't decide. But he's like, he also gives him, like, the little bit of encouragement of, yeah, you're right. If you don't stop this from happening, it's going to keep happening to you guys. Yeah, this is the conflict of tradition versus like adapting maybe or like growing. And this happens a lot with old traditional cultures and like younger generations. So it's like there is a respect in upholding tradition, like holding your peace, everything Wolverine came there to look for. But also if they just keep holding peace, everybody else won't. Right. So then they just won't exist anymore. So this is the moment we're seeing like that. <laughs> Those points collide. But that essentially acts as a rallying cry. And uh, they start setting traps. Was was I the only one that got the vibe when they set the first trap, which is the logs? Totally Return of the Jedi and the Ewoks setting the logs that oh, that take out the that. ATST. I, yeah, I didn't think about that. At yeah. first, I didn't quite know what was going on. I was like, are they building a dam? Like, well, which they were. But which they were. They were doing more. <laughs> yeah. So you you see the log traps. You see a net full of fish being hoisted up. Which, if you're going to lose, I feel like you should not be wasting fish. But maybe that was the like a symbolic, like, fuck you, like, here's your fish. Probably. <laughs> yeah. We we are already so short on fish that we are going to sacrifice these just to fuck with you. Yeah. Yep. They dig some trenches. You see that there's a, a dam on the beach. The angle was a little weird. So, at first, I wasn't entirely sure if it was a dam at the water. Because mm-hmm. uh, also, the land on the other side was totally dry. Which, if you yeah. built that in two days, that's fucking impressive. Yeah, I don't know how. That he's got the right tide or something. Yeah, <laughs> magic. And then you also see balloons getting blown up. And then Wolverine goes to Oku, talking about, you know, again, trying to, to find peace. Oku says peace comes with purpose, and he has his faith. That's why he's happy with where his, his life is. Wolverine says, you know, ripping up people is no purpose, which is probably the most graphic description right. of anything Wolverine has done to people in, in other circumstances. Yeah. And Oku responds with, you know, but protecting and caring is. Yeah, so I guess that's the argument is like, you want peace, but also letting innocent people yeah. get killed is not peace either. Yeah, being, you know, on the sidelines as people get hurt is not mm-hmm. actually peace. And he tells them to look through new eyes. So it kind of echoes Nightcrawler's mirror thing. Yeah. <laughs> so Wolverine is like, you know, laying down and, and having a nightmare, obviously, has the flashbacks of a lot of 
his most traumatic moments aside from some of the other ones that we've seen too. Yeah. You have the adamantium, you have Yuriko coming back and being Deathstrike, you have Sabretooth and the Weapon X flashback, and then you also have him having the moment with Nightcrawler saying to actually you know, needing to see the world through new eyes. Mm-hmm. I had, a, I don't know if this was new, but the thing that was new to me at this moment, if I'd seen it before, I forgot, was the flashback revealing that when he referenced in an earlier season that Sabretooth offed some of his friends. Yes. It was that they were running from Omega Red and Sabretooth like left them. Left them behind. And so, have we seen that before? Or was that- no, that was the first time it was shown. Okay. And again, that's because of the that out of order scenario. So, so it was like, oh, wow. So that's the reveal of like a, that's why it's a complex thing of like Sabretooth doesn't think that he offed them. Yeah, he but. he just made the call that he thought was the yeah. quickest and right call. So a very like military yeah. thing. But then Wolverine was like, you killed them. Right, you because <laughs> you left them behind, you yeah. killed them. Right. And then we see uh, there's a Sabretooth reflection when Wolverine looks into a puddle and then Kisara pops up and is like telling him to look deeper, which I feel like this girl has a lot of influence over Wolverine despite only knowing each other for a very short time. There's a lot of stuff about her that got written out, I'm convinced. Mm-hmm. And we'll discuss that more when this episode ends. But like, <laughs> yeah, because she kind of disappeared for a little bit. She comes back for a pep talk every once in a while. Right. But we don't see anything but the pep talks. Right. Next morning, sunrise, the gang starts showing up on bikes and immediately the traps start getting sprung. And right. the log trap just whacks a shit ton of them off their bikes. As a, it just starts the Home Alone sequence. I mean, that's literally like why it reminded me of, of Return of the Jedi. Oh, in, yeah, yeah, In the yeah, Ewok the battle. Ewoks, yeah. yeah. They start falling into fish. Then there's the kids who, I yes. mean, props to those kids. Yeah. They literally drop the fish on them, and then the guys pull out guns to go after the yeah. kids. Yeah, and then Master Oku comes out. And he's like, hey, uh, I know you're thugs and all, but those are children. <laughs> yeah, you want to fight somebody, you can fight me. Yeah. Like, it, it almost had a little bit of a vibe. Did you ever watch a Professional? Oh, like Leon the Professional? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember anything from it. So they're, they're like, they're, that's one of those times where it's like, oh, kids are fair game. Yeah. And that was very much like the moment where these guys are such, like, scumbags. They're like, no, I'm going to fucking off and, like, kill a kid, you know? And Master Oku, if, if for some reason you hadn't seen this scene, he was ready to die. Like, he was going to get shot at that moment oh yeah he was he was there (laughs) literally to just give the kids time to escape yeah yeah and then then wolverine comes in for the save i don't think master oku knew that he was there i don't either (laughs) i i think that was the do the last right thing to help save these kids and i think he was he was willing to die if, if that has been what it had come to Granted, earlier when the temple was on fire, he was just meditating. So I think he's been ready to die a couple times. He was like, oh, now's my time. It's like, I can't walk quickly. Right. <laughs> Wolverine comes in, though, makes the save. As the gang gets into, you know, the, the center of the village, then we see the balloons, which was a cool trap. I don't know if I had ever seen that before. I, I, yeah, I want to know where they came up with that idea. I guarantee it's, it's that's got to be something historical, which has existed yeah. before. I just haven't seen it in, you know, other media that I watch. I love the anticipation of it too, because when they arrive, they're like, no one's here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which if you're a bad guy, that should be your first get out of there. Yeah, it (laughs) it actually reminds me of a scene from Rings of Power where there's like the village is empty kind of scenario. And it literally is a kill box of like, oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) the orcs are in in, in a barrel. Yeah. Yeah, and I love the reveal that they're all on the beach sending right. the balloons over. Yep. <laughs> I guess it's really close to the village. But it makes sense. They're a fishing village, yeah. yeah. So they go down towards the beach and then everybody kind of like runs off the top of the dam and then the one dude takes the hammer and he hits the 
plug of the dam. Something. Let's go. I don't know what like the technical a, term would be or for like it. A, it was like the latch for the. It was almost like a gate kind of thing. I think it was like a plug because when you pop the plug, oh, that's what. Okay. Yeah, that's what helps it shoot out. Although we don't have the technical term because Ron and I, not structural engineers. There are lots of surprise. Yeah, there are lots of things on this show that we talk about that we are not. I cheered at that moment. That was really cool. Yeah, like, I, I love that. What are these little fishermen going to do? This like we know water. Yep. Yeah. Then the gang pulls a gun. Yeah. Which I'm shocked that they were not doing that sooner. Earlier, yeah. Like, but you know, we, we can't have a bunch of murder in a kids show. And then Jubilee shows up and makes the save and gives probably my favorite line yeah. of. Everyone's fighting. Logan's got to be here. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Actually laughed out loud at that. Yeah. The fight continues in the town and the uh, one dude takes a spear to his bike and then he immediately goes into like the pig farm. And I think this is one of those things that when I was a kid, I didn't realize it. But as an adult, it's way better. I legit didn't realize that pig muck was just piles of shit when I was yeah, a kid because yeah, yeah. I, I grew up in the suburbs so oh. I never saw pigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like zero rural experience for most of my life and now looking at it, it's like, oh, that's pig shit. Well, it's kind of a mix. Like it's mud to keep them cool but also, but like, also shit. It, it just goes there. There's not a special place for it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they roll on it and it's, yeah. it's a whole thing. But unfortunately, for Soichi, uh, Silver Samurai arrives, drops him pretty quick and he's ready to take him down mm-hmm. and then This is where I also have the other thing about Wolverine's claws. He catches Silver Samurai's claw between his claws. That would have gone right into his knuckle. Yeah. I guess he just turns. I don't know. Yeah. It is what it is. But it's it's like, hmm, that's still going to hurt. Like, imagine the worst paper cut of your life right there. no. Yeah. Rod's face was great there. They fight. You know, every time Wolverine is going in for an attack and such, Samurai starts doing his dodge. Yeah, he teleports. He teleports. Yeah, Yeah, sorry, dodge, not, yeah, teleports. And Wolverine knows he has to maintain control. He cannot go into, like, one of his berserker rages on this one because if he does, he's going to get outsmarted. Mm -hmm. But he realizes every time that he tries to move, Silver Samurai teleports, and he always goes from behind. Mm -hmm. So he fakes a jump, Samurai teleports in front of him, and then... Your favorite part. Wolverine goes like stab him. Well, he holds him up by his belt with his claws. Yeah. And I feel like that if this was in a not kid show, he would have been stabbed through the chest, right? Like or, or the lower back. Yeah, yeah. Like he would have been like held up by the claws. Yeah. That would have been the end of the fight. Yeah. It, it definitely was one of those things where he, he ends up getting him by the belt, but like for a half second, it's like, did he just actually stab yeah. this dude? There's that half second where it's a pause. Yeah. And it's a very specific angle that gives you the impression that that's what happened. Yeah, and it, because like if you're in that kind of a fight, why would you go for the belt? And then there was a, the first hit Silver Samurai had on him. He clearly slashed Wolverine's back. Yeah, and there was no cut in the fabric, no blood, nothing. Like <laughs> the only, I think your defense on that one is because he has the powered up sword. Mm-hmm. That the sword then is more of like a blunt Impact. object because of the energy surrounding yeah, it, kind yeah. of thing. That. <laughs> that's what we're gonna go with but effectively is like look your problem solved he's, he's all done now and i literally put problem solved with a question mark yeah well in the x-men's way yes the x-men's way <laughs> of not actually stopping something yeah because the minute they leave what's stopping fucking silver samurai gathering some other biker kids and just doing this again who's here? still in his power armor yeah <laughs> Yeah, because I, I think it was supposed to show that like, oh, he has control. And he doesn't of have to murder. Maybe just incarcerate him or something. Nice. Something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turn him into Japanese authorities or something. Yeah. I mean, this is because this is not feudal Japan. No, it's this not. Is this 90s. is this is 90s modern Japan. <laughs> 
He doesn't have to let him go. Jubilee shows up as everybody's kind of like, we won, yay. And she has her moment with Wolverine where she basically says that she took the blame for him leaving. He's like, no, it wasn't you. This was me. Yeah, she can't understand that because she doesn't have a full depth of like, because she probably actually even hasn't been told all the things he's been through. Probably not. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't going out there and like bragging about how Proteus melted him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, he kind of says his goodbyes to everybody and gets the kiss from Kisara. Yeah, and not just like a peck. Like No, it's like a full goodbye kiss. And I think this episode may have had a few things that were longer and they needed to trim some stuff. Mm -hmm. But that kiss did not feel earned. So I know we always brag on me for just assuming people are fucking in the background. Jubilee made the comment that I would have made. Hey, so it sounds like you guys got to be more than friends or whatever. And I was like, yes, they are clearly screwing (laughs) in between the log stuff or whatever. Because where did that come from? (laughs) There's so normally Rod will think people are having sex and I'm like, no. Or the one time where there was definitely sexual implications, Rod didn't pick up on it. And I said, yes, there was. I think this time we we're both under the agreement that somebody got busy behind the scenes yeah. and we're just finding out about it at the end of the episode. Yeah, or at the very least, they came real, real close. Like they did more than just little pep talks that we saw on the beach. There there was a little added pep. Yeah. yeah. So Jubilee does like the little sister, like I'm gonna badger you with questions as they start walking off. And it's literally the closing circle oh, outro yeah. effect. That was like very Looney Tunes to me. It was funny that episode ended this way because I just finished editing another episode with Jubilee and Wolverine. And I mentioned she wasn't in it, but we were talking about their relationship. I was like, oh, it's whenever she tags along, it's like he inherited a stray cat or puppy. Yeah. And that's exactly what this was. Yep. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, I don't want to hurt you, but shut up. Yeah, <laughs> please, please don't make it awkward. She definitely can hear you talking right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Few interesting facts that also came out of this. Uh, the action plot was based on the Seven Samurai. Mm. Eric Leewald acknowledges that in previous on X-Men, the making of an animated series. And he says, no one does self-doubt and internal struggle like Wolverine. Yeah, and maybe Morph. But Morph isn't around enough. Yeah, to know. And Morph, to me, doesn't actually feel like internal struggle. Morph, to me, is PTSD. <laughs> Very external. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's not questioning. I guess my only thing about that is that he's always using humor to, like, trying to, like, change the subject. Yeah, but, I mean, that's but, literally every comedian we know in Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Wolverine is just literally very, very few people, probably nobody else that understands, because he has, like, one of the longest lifespans in his immediate group. So like nobody knows what it was like to go through the Civil War and stuff. He would not have been around for the Civil War. Oh, I'm basing that off a movie <laughs> montage. I think that, you know, stuff like that. Isn't that World War One? Was it World War One? Yeah. Stuff like whatever. He was born in the earliest he's ever shown is born is like after nineteen hundred. I'm great at history. I could tell because <laughs> you, you're in the wrong century. Yeah. <laughs> God well, damn it. I was talking about the one that's happening next year. We laugh, but hopefully that doesn't age like mm. correctly. Doesn't matter. We'll all be dead if it doesn't. Yeah, see? Yeah. So this was slightly out of order, we believe. But yeah, that was Lotus and Steel. Rod, thoughts? I think if you... So my friend Shawnee was supposed to be on the next episode with us. She's sick, so don't expect her on that one. But Because we're literally recording it six minutes from now, so she's yeah. really not going to be here. <laughs> and I was trying to talk her through the episodes and stuff. And I don't think she's watched them. She saw them as a kid, but I don't think she's watched them like religiously like we did so i think if you're showing this to someone else like maybe your kids or a friend that didn't see it swap these two episodes yeah. this one and weapon x even though the script order is one way because like i think 
it'll just make more sense in continuity. Right. But other than that, like, I appreciated the story. It was kind of cool to see Wolverine go somewhere and not completely go to shit. And maybe he has another girlfriend. He's really... Wolverine has a lot of girlfriends in yeah. the comics, though, yeah. man. Like, a lot. In this show. Yeah. Which we'll find out in the next episode. Yeah, I, I like it because, you know, the story about Wolverine in Japan, which is a, a pretty big factor in, in his origin in the comics and such, and, you know, gets touched on by, like, the Frank Miller miniseries and stuff like that. It's a pretty important part of this character. And aside from the relationship with Yuriko, we haven't seen a lot of it, if anything else, really at all until now. Yeah. So, so yeah, because I guess they, they, they don't ever clarify, but the implication is this is probably where he like trained. Yeah. It wasn't where he was like married or anything like that. Yeah. So cool. Thank you guys for joining us. If you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them into the comments for either the YouTube upload, the official Instagram post, and make sure to argue on TikTok. <laughs> if you like what you heard, we appreciate a rating on the podcast app of your choosing. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and CastBox if that's still even around. I haven't literally looked in. I've never. <laughs> I don't know. I think it shows up in our analytics. Yeah.